0: Travelers, we are aware that your, your journey, journey was difficult, but, but prepare to have your, your questions, questions answered, for
1: you
2: who have been granted an audience with
0: the, the Masters of Modern. Thanks. Welcome back to Masters of Modern, I am your host Alex Kessler, here with my co-host Ben Bateman.
2: What's up, I'm just posting an Instagram story of us going live like a cool guy.
0: So cool.
2: So cool. You're
0: definitely, I you're, you're pretty cool.
2: Am I? Yeah. I got water on my shirt here. That's it spilled cool. on myself.
0: You're just, just splashing.
2: You heard it here first. <laughs> Alex coo- Kessler confirms cool, you're a cool guy. The water cools you down. Our producer was like, you guys need to get to the subject quickly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, like,
0: just some of the fans are like, get to the content. Hey, fans who like stuff that we talked about in the beginning, let us know in the comments because we need you guys to fight against these. The actual episode starts at 10 minutes and the episode skipping people.
1: Also, I'd like to say that as the person who makes the show notes, like I put when the the various things happen like in the show notes if you really are chomping at the bit to get to these deck lists i've I've put a link down below just go check it out
0: i get to do the pointing thing below and you can go look there and it'll say we start talking about xyz at certain times and marshall puts a lot of work into making so that you know the best time to tune into the best part of the episode
2: he's a really wonderful producer he does a lot of work for us these outlines here yeah it's all marshall there's it's an outline. A, this is a color printed sheet that's got a deck list. The, it's contrasted.
0: The, the, the tournaments that these happened in are in blue.
2: Yes. So those tournaments are modern tournaments. And we are the masters of modern. We talk about modern on this podcast. That's Alex Kessler. I did that. I did that part. I'm Ben Bateman. Oh, you did? Yeah, I, well, I, I was introduced in, ourselves. Instagram and then you said, like, oh I'm cool, because I got water on my shirt. I was trying to just take over. Alright,
0: so today we're gonna be talking about the state of modern. So we've there's obviously been a lot of got gone on. We had like I think three sets worth of set reviews for the last quarter of the year that we've been going through. been insane. There's been bannings. There's been no unbannings. There's been multiple moments where cards were problematic that have gone by the wayside. Uh, we've had, I think, two of the most influential sets in modern history come out within two months of each other. Plus, M20 came and ended up being at least 20 great cards, according to our episode last week, and at least three that people keep yelling at me that we missed uh, the red ley line, the green card that you like, the hate card, and what other one?
1: Oh, yeah. That hate card is already a four of in like every infect list since it came out. Which one are we talking about? Autumn's... Veil vale of Summer.
2: Oh, Veil vale of Summer. Okay. That's
1: the... the... you. Uh, if a opponent uh, has card. cast a blue or black spell, draw a card, yep. and you and creatures you control gain hexproof from blue and black.
2: That's right. Fine. It's good. And your spells become uncountable. That's right. The uncountable part. So, yeah, I I think M20 is a pretty cool set. Um, It is crazy to see Modern this much in flux. You know, we were at GP Seattle together doing this live podcast, which I think you guys heard. And we kept having the conversation all weekend about, like, what's going to happen? Because this is the craziest that Modern's ever been. It's, you know, what would happen? How many cards are they going to ban? What are they going to unban? The theory was, like, they're going to be out of three cards,
0: four cards. Well, And we talked about it. I think we came to the conservative decision that Bridge from Below was the card that I meant to talk about was going to be the card that was banned. And that was like the main target that had it on its head. What we, what we ran into was we were going through a period of time where war of the spark came out and introduced at least five different cards that a different histories of modern would be, insanely powerful introductions all at once you had uh the neo form uh neo you had
2: uh, narset narset Fairy,
0: karn yeah and like just those four themselves plus other good cards that like are dope well what's the what's the wizard we keep talking about dread horde arcanist. Yeah, arcanist card's it's amazing like turning the format good call on our part
1: uh, we, we looked at it and we we're like, hmm, is this red Snapcaster? And the answer
0: is yes. Yeah, it is we, red Snapcaster. Weren't we hot on that card saying it was like the best card in yeah, the set? We, we spent like half of our review episode just talking about like flashing back become immense. <laughs> <laughs> I've built that
2: now, deck. I
1: don't think that has happened yet in a major modern tournament, but yet. you know, you aim
0: for the moon, you'll land on well, no, the stars. The moon provides the moon. Uh-huh. The mood is a rocket ship, all right. That's the
2: right. fact that the card has I, I will I will say this, like, so I built the double strike Naya deck on my phone with like that and yep. the and the red-white uh, one one trample vigilance double strike from whatever that set was. It's from a couple sets ago. I built it and I was like, okay, can you do some sort of like turn three win double strike thing? And it's cool, but the, the bottom line is that Dread Arcanus is just a very, very powerful card, even with like a ground swell. Like literally just the fact that you can just like ate you if you don't interact with me. Is so good. I mean, like, not even just
0: look at the top most played cards in modern history at any period since the form, since this podcast started, and it has been nine one drop spells and noble hierarch. <laughs> yep. <laughs> sometimes Spellskite was in there, sometimes it's Tarmagoy, sometimes it's Snapcaster Mage, but like, Ah, flashing back thoughts twice is better than him to Torak.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Uh. (laughs) Really, really, really powerful. I I am curious back on, on the initial Become Immense plan of how much fun it would be to try to build some sort of a blue based one that could like control the top of your library where you were both playing Become Immense and Revenge of the Hunted with Dread Hurricaneist where you miracle it off the top to start the turn and then you're able to flash it back i think that's pretty fun
0: i just want to do the tutor and mill people with thought scour yeah it's good that's fair <laughs>
2: uh, you know yeah i just want a scheming
1: symmetry putting a miracle on top of my deck and then at the beginning of your upkeep i'm gonna thought, thought scour, scour you oh. <laughs> like could you imagine like i'll scheming symmetry to put this you terminus know on terminus on top of my deck and then in your upkeep i'm gonna thought scour whatever you scheming symmetry and I'll Lucky terminus board. your board
2: away <laughs> it is surprising that (laughs) feels i I do have to say it is surprising that in highlander a format where all of the top of my library tutors are played heavily like Mm -hmm. mystical tutor enlightened tutor worldly Tutor, we played the crap out of empiric tutor that i don't think i've ever thought scoured away someone's tutor target I've done it. It's fun. Oh, okay. Sweet. It's cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it like, feels like something that should have happened way more by now. So uh, anyway, you were talking about the the crazy, crazy impact. So, so
0: we've had a bunch of really powerful sets come in, and, and obviously M20 is out right now. And you know, and then the banning's happened with M20. So a big deck showed up. Hogak was one of the most powerful decks to ever enter modern. It is as dominant, uh, not as dominant as Eldrazi Winter, but it was comparable in numbers. And it's banned. Format's fresh off the press. We have one week basically, um, or last weekend. And we're just kind of want to talk about like, where does modern sit? Are the war of the spark cards still problematic? How much has the new sets of, uh, M20 and uh, more importantly, modern horizons affected the format and, um, uh, what, what are we excited about? Where do we think the mod- format's going to go next?
2: Yeah, we've got a bunch of uh, you know tournament results here for a lot of the recent big tournaments. Um, we're going to kind of look through some of these, talk about some of the new decks, talk about the what modern actually looks like now. Because the crazy thing was those conversations about having to ban say four cards. Mm-hmm. It was I, it felt like the cards we were talking about were you know bridge was a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, altar was one that people were talking about. If you if you were going to try to ban multiple cards or maybe a different card out of that deck, mm-hmm. um, we mentioned you know Narset. Uh, is an interesting one just because of what the interaction that it has with Puzzle Box and other cards like that. Karn, it's interaction with Lycos and the Lattice was one. Mm-hmm. Faithless Looting, of course. Ancient Stirring, is another card that's been on the chopping block for a while.
0: Yeah, I think I think walking into this ban list, the two cards I was most... that I believe are most likely to be problematic were Karn and uh, Neo, not Neoform, but Allosaurus Rider due to Neoform. Right. Um, now we are have our first weekend at the gates, seeing what people are playing. I do think that A grain of salt for this weekend, you have kind of three things going on. One, it's a fresh new format. So, like, there are strategies in the world that are generally better when you know what the format looks like to some extent or know what you'll be facing against or know what you can be praying against. And those decks, because we don't know what the format is, it's hard for those decks to be played in large numbers. Um, So, I don't think we're at a point yet where we know what the best deck of the format is. And You know, the other issue is, like, card availability is a thing. Like... There's N20 cards that might be more significant than we're knowing because and people just haven't been able to try them out yet or gotten their hands on any. And Modern Horizons is also a very heavily unopened set, just getting cards going to a card store, a local card store, and finding physical copies of Modern Horizons cards. I snap bought Renin Sixes that were Chinese, and I'm and which is I generally don't want to own that type of card, uh, because I like to read my cards, and if I don't, I'll make mistakes. Renin Six has several lines of text, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> And because they're the only two I found at the entire convention floor at at Magic Fest Seattle. So, like, I think we are going into a format that, like, even first weekend is not the exact thing. But there's a lot of really interesting information here. A lot of really cool decks have shown up. Um, There's a zombie list we're going to talk about. Uh, Grixis Urza is like everywhere and done really well out of nowhere. So I'm I'm excited about the format. I think
2: that's probably a pretty great place to start for us, actually. And uh, before we do get into Grixis Urza here, I do want to just give a couple couple of shout outs about where you can find us, where you can support us. Patreon.com slash the MMCast is the best place to support the podcast, our ability to have a producer, all that stuff. Uh, It's very, very helpful for you guys to do that.
0: And we just kind of updated it so you can, you know, A, the big thing that we're definitely contributing towards is that we have a discord channel uh and there are uh patreon exclusive sections me and ben are making an effort and there was a two-week period where it was broken so I apologize to all of our patrons, but the Discord decklist section is now available. And so, anytime we come up with a cool deck idea, we spend a lot of times on airplanes where the only thing we have to do is to just brew on our phones. We'll start posting it onto the Discord server. We want you guys to start posting your decklist on the Discord server for yeah. Patreons. Um, and then there's just a bunch of other stuff that we're working on for that. Uh, the, the plan is to start releasing raw episodes where you get like all of this content plus all the stuff that's going to be edited out. Um, so you get like a full in-depth experience you heard me and Ben yell at each other or if Marshall thinks we're just wrong or talking about a dumb card too long, you get it.
2: Yeah, so uh, so the Patreon is a great place to support what we're doing. We already mentioned Twitter. You guys also can check out the Facebook group. It's the largest modern Facebook group, one of the biggest magic Facebook groups actually in the world at this point. It's got north of five thousand people, and, uh, and we, the world strong. I don't know. I can't confirm that. Yeah, we do. We do. A, <laughs> could we, be like a Chinese
0: magic group that has like three billion people. They don't have Facebook.
2: We've uh, th- there had been complaints at one point that the group was toxic. Uh, we've really worked hard with the moderators to make sure that we're we're policing that. We're trying to make sure we keep it a better place and we're healthy place. Uh, yeah. we, we believe it needs to be that. And so just in case you guys, maybe you left at one point, go check it out. We're working every single day if to try see, to make it better. If
0: you see something problem, yep. hit the
2: uh, the alert
0: button. We look at them and generally we take them down. Absolutely. And yell at
2: people. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, you know, those are a couple of the quick shout outs there. I think we should talk about Grix's Urza. I think it's a good place to start, considering how much we like Urza. It's shown up in a bunch of these lists. The SCG IQ William Swart was won by Grix's Urza. You've got uh, multiple copies here. It looks like second place at one of these, second place at one of these. It's a really interesting deck. Um, yeah.
1: most uh, most of the lists are essentially the same, um, and the big highlights are playing uh, highlights from recent sets are Urza Goblin Engineer, Arkham's Astrolabe um those guys are all and the uh and the snowlands are all seeing a lot of play and prismatic
0: vista to sure. f- fetch out the snowlands so first off called goblin welder i did i did i you were just hyped about oh you were also I've been on the train that card we, we guessed it on uh brainstorm brewery to do their their set review for modern horizons because we talk about modern uh and my like first card like number one pick card i'm most excited about is goblin welder and they're like i don't know if it's gonna Goblin end. Engineer. Or the, Goblin Engineer. Sorry, not Welder.
2: Our <laughs> modern impression
0: of Welder.
1: <laughs> uh, Goblin Engineer. I mean, it does a very good Welder impersonation and it also entombs
0: an artifact, so it's exactly. comparable to Welder in many ways. I, I was I was laughed at. No, they, they were very nice. It is. This, I, mean, I didn't think it'd be a thing, but it's showing up. It, was in, it and Urza were in more top eights this weekend than I think any other deck other than or at least any other new deck.
2: It is fascinating that Horizons seemed to be a set that was Heavily, heavily interested in people playing Thopter Sword Combo. It just seems like they looked at the they looked at the format and they were like, we think Thopter Sword Combo would be good for the format. It blocks Phoenixes very well. It's slow and grindy. Uh, it it stops a lot of the unfair things. They can't just like dredge you out with like prized amalgams. Uh, if you're gaining lots of life and blocking <laughs> like you'll survive and be able to come back I think in some ways it is really positive it's funny that it goes infinite with Urza by the way we were wrong about it going infinite with Grand Architect the reason we had yeah, never yeah, come yeah. to that conclusion is because it gives the creatures plus one plus one they're blue creatures so they become two twos so they don't equip the sword I really like this deck a lot I it's it's playing a lot of the cards that Marshall just mentioned. You know, it's basically... It's kind of like a it's a Grixis were. I mean, it's very similar to it. It's just playing a slightly different sort of suite of cards to get to the same outcome. Um, you're winning with Thopter Sword for the most part, which goes infinite with Urza. Urza is an incredibly powerful card. Kind of like a Planeswalker in himself. Gets you advantage when you play him. The Arkham's Astrolabe is kind of exactly what... Like, I think it's one of the most interesting parts of the printing of some of the cards on Horizons. They looked at it and they were like, okay, so what are some things... Modern doesn't have right now. Like, what's something that doesn't exist that could? And it's like, oh, a one mana artifact that draws you a card. How can we make it? How can we make it so it stays in play, draws you a card? You can repeatedly bounce it. You can do because like Mishra's Bobble, you have to sack it. So right. like, it's kind of has a little bit, and it's a turn behind. Yeah, all so it's the not,
0: draw effects you had to. A sacrifice to get the
2: yeah yeah but it's like how do we have something that you can play on turn one because so much of modern is about what are you doing on turn one what are you doing on turn two so if you want an artifact heavy deck that needs to get artifacts in play being able to play want to draw a card on turn one even if the thing you're getting off of it is like pretty marginal doesn't matter and I think that's such a cool thing for them to identify and be like, yeah, that's fine. We can just print that.
0: Minor complaint. You know how they've now given all of the artifacts really cool colored borders for colored artifacts? Why didn't snow colored artifact get a cool border? Where's my snow border? Purple, like yeah, a purple border. I wanted, I wanted something sweet. Or just little snowflakes around yeah, the yeah, edge yeah, for yeah. it
1: and ice hide gullum or whatever. Yeah, this is this is the um, You'd also be happy to know that so the that it plays one Icker Wellspring, so that you know, sweet
0: synergy that, with Goblin Engineer. Well, that's that's like the one thing I think it is a little bit different than kind of the prison decks is what it does is it's more of a Hate Bears deck, right? Like it's playing a bunch of different tutor targets of artifact hate cards that it can go find right. with Goblin Engineer, not Welder. That's my new this is new one. <laughs> now that Bridge from Below is gone, and there's only one ensnaring, you know, one bridge in the format. There's yeah. two. Uh, there's a planar bridge. Planar bridges in the format, right? Yeah, but no one plays it. I know, but someone yelled at me when I said there's only one bridge in the format.
1: <laughs> you should yell back. There's only one bridge in the format. There's also battle at the bridge. Uh, that's not a bridge, though. That's I a, mean, there's moss. It's a battle bridge. Yeah. There's moss
2: wart bridge. Moss also, bridge. <laughs> you know, there's lots that's, of bridges. That's a strong point. But um, Alex has been beaten. You can see it. In his face. But what <laughs> I thought was interesting is, yeah, it, it plays.
1: No. It plays sort of like uh, like you're playing a Karn the Great Creator in the deck. Um, only you're not. You're getting to play your sideboard in your deck of a bunch of one shot cards that you can
0: go fetch with your Goblin Engineer. And it tutors for combo. Like the point is that it tutors for sort of the That's why it's good. Right. For the people that don't, haven't put that together, is it, 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 The deck is playing the Sword of the Me combo, and part of that combo wants to be in your graveyard anyways, so it's able to find the sword to put in your graveyard, and then you are able to find the Thopter Foundry by sacking something that you have play with it later, or whatever, and...
2: If you play Welder on turn... If you play engineer, if you play engineer on turn two, and it gets you the sword, and then they kill the engineer, and that's the last that ever happens, because of the nature of that card needing to be in your graveyard, it effectively acts as a very important tutor for the deck. Like it, it is a, is a, essentially putting it into your hand. And if you could play a two-mana tutor in that deck that would put the artifact you need for your combo into your hand, you would probably play it's it. It's better than putting it into your hand. Because uh, so, th- you don't cast it, essentially. It, yes, yeah, it's it's putting it into play because
0: once it's in your graveyard, when, right. as soon as a 1-1 shows up, you get it. And doesn't Kar... Urza can make a 1-1. You just can't have artifacts in play. Right, and it's also cute, like... If you're holding the Thopter Foundry and
1: a Goblin Engineer, then you're on you know, Gravy Street. But if you're holding the uh, Sword of the Meek and Goblin Engineer, you're still fine because the Goblin Engineer goes against Thopter Foundry and then you cast the Sword of the Meek and trade them out yeah. <laughs> with the Engineer. So,
2: so the decks we're talking about today, uh, we're looking at the SCG Modern Classic, the SCG IQ Williamsport, the SCG uh, IQ Eau-, Eau Claire? Is that what it is? Eau Claire. Yeah. Eau Claire. Uh, the SCG IQ, IQ Katie Texas, SCG IQ Columbus. SCG IQ Lexington, Kentucky. Now, of these tournaments, uh, one of them was actually won by Greg Zerza, That was the IQ in Williamsport. And second place went to Greg Cesarza at Eau Claire. So, plus multiple other copies. But the fact that... Third place
0: that, and KD. Uh, the only one it didn't show up was the Classic.
2: Yeah, so it, it showed up a lot. Um, it's powerful. I think it's a... Do you think it's a good deck for the format? I like it more... I actually like it more than I liked the... Uh, the, Gry- the Grixis War decks.
0: I'm a bigger fan of this deck. I mean, the biggest pieces are... like There's a lot of ways to fight artifacts. There's a lot of ways to fight creatures. I think it's fine for the format. Obviously, it depends how good it is, right? Like, if it's so good it becomes a problem, then it's a problem. But I think this is healthier than Tron, and Tron is fine.
2: Yeah. So moving on to, let's just say, Tron. <laughs>
0: okay, sure.
2: The SCG Modern Classic uh, was won by Eldrazi Tron. Um, so was the Katy, Texas Tournament. So we have two of these tournaments won by Eldrazi Tron. Now, Marshall, can you confirm with, for us the list on either one of those? It is much more like the walking ballista mid-range, thought-not-seer version.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. The The notable recent inclusions is it's now playing, of course, four Karn the Great Creator and two Ugin the Ineffable, both okay. out of Ugin the Ineffable, another important card out of War of the Spark. Um, how, much does,
2: how much does Ugin the
1: Ineffable cost? It's a six. But it makes right. all of your colorless
2: spells cost two oh, less. Oh, it's your superior's best friend. I forgot. Uh, uh, and, uh, it's also Iabugan. It, yeah, it's a, it's essentially
1: because right. it's colorless. Yeah, it's yeah. colorless spells, so it, it hits both your Eldrazi and your artifacts are two cheaper. And then it also comes down and can just nuke any right. colored permanent the turn it comes into play and, and live. A card a and then just start drawing you a card slash every turn. Making threats.
2: How many um? How many walking ballistas are these? less playing?
1: Uh, looks like three. Yeah, and then of course four each of reshape matter reshaper, thought not seer, and reality smasher.
2: Yeah, so much more the, the mid rangey, not quite aggressive. Yeah, but they gained a lot ish.
1: from having blast zone added to the format too.
2: It's a really good deck. This is another deck, Eldrazi Tron yeah,
0: Zone's for more of the spark. That's that's nuts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, Eldrazi Tron is actually another deck where I am a I'm a fan of this deck. Like I I have been a fan of Eldrazi Tron for a while. Now it's possible that Great Creator. Pushes it over the edge into being like less fun to play against. I have no problem with people casting big, dirtily dudes that attack you. I think that's good for magic.
0: I think Wizards agrees. I think that it's fine. I think the biggest issue, if that deck is an issue, is more in line with, you know, the issue before was Ivuga made it not big, dirtily dudes attacking you is making like a combo deck on turn one attacking with a bunch of power. But, uh, the one issue could be just Karn. And, and Karn's issue isn't necessarily going to make one deck too powerful. It's going to be ubiquitous in the format. So, like, a lot of people are like, oh, but it, their decks aren't winning. It's more that Tron's playing Karn. Eldrazi is playing Karn. Uh, red-green scapeshift decks are playing Karn. Uh, Amulet Titan decks are playing Karn. Right. Like, like, the when every single deck that can cast a four-drop is playing the card, that's when... Is the is the Urza deck playing Urza deck? The Urza is it
1: because it's playing it's like silver Urza. bullets in the main. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're playing with but, the, the uh, and then deck. some Azorius planeswalker control decks or wow. Karn too. Yeah, because yeah.
0: like because obviously there's the Karn Mycosynth Flatus game plan, but like it, the fact that it just gets you any hate card you possibly need, no matter the deck you're playing against, is like. Super relevant. Some
2: decks still just can't beat Ensnaring Bridge.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's just like still a thing. And and there's a ton of cards like that. There's you know, there are a bunch of decks that just can't big be, beat Grafdigger's Cage. There's a ton of decks that can't beat Um Dampening Sphere. Like Yeah. Like or or uh, what's the everything costs three mana now? A turn sphere people can't beat, People yeah. Can't beat you know, a witchbane orb is pretty, yep. is a oh, thing yeah, they're playing a lot of uh, and and it has or just its a single worm coil there. engine, yeah, uh, yeah. And wasteland is like with if you use the art, what's the thing that makes turns lands and artifacts turns anything into artifacts for what you tap it? Uh, liquid, metal liquid metal coding, like they're playing that because you can just start strip mining people every turn, right? Like there's a bunch of different things it can do that are. Powerful enough that it can go in any deck, and when it because it's colorless, if Karn was like snow mana, which would have been really dope, <laughs> uh, I think it'd be more fine. It's the issue is that just any deck can kind of play it for free. Do
2: you feel like Karn is still next in line for a banning, or do you feel like and 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 right now where we're at? Because I missed your guys' conversation with Michael in the M twenty review about the bannings. Um, it was and, with Marshall. Oh, it was Marshall. And so your guys' conversation there was about. The, you know, the banning of bridge was basically testing the waters. How is modern if you get rid of this one weird future site card that doesn't actually interact in a way that magic cards are supposed to? Now, what will the format look like? Do you think that Karn would be next or do you think it's probably still Faithless Looting?
0: We didn't get too deep into the thing. Uh, I don't think it's Faithless Looting. I, so the one thing that Wizards announcement for the ban list for the bridge from below ban was, was cards that are the glue that holds multiple decks together are cards that we are not looking to get rid of meaning that the cards like Faithless Looting and not Ancestral Visions.
2: Uh, Ancient Stirrings. Ancient Stirrings. I'm never going to remember even, that Or card. even Mox Opal probably to some degree.
0: Mox Opal, yeah, exactly. Mox Opal, these are cards that they're not looking to get rid of. What they're looking to get rid of are cards that put decks over in power level or become, I think Karn is an example, it's ubiquitous in a way that becomes a problematic activating on fun game states that that we think can get rid of, but save as many decks as possible. If they ban Faithless Looting, seven decks die. Right. If they ban Bridge from Below, one deck gets worse. If they ban Ancient Stirrings, 12 decks die. If they ban KCI, that deck is worse and other artifact decks that take advantage of those engines will get more, are still seeing play. And then you get Urza decks and other artifact decks. So I think Ancient Stirrings is fine. I think Karn is a card that I I would put a target on I think um Neo or the Allosaurus Rider Band is something that like and that's like that's kind of one of the decks I was pointing at, like didn't do so well this weekend. But there's one deck in the top four at the SCGIQ of Neo brand, Claire, uh, yeah. of Neo brand decks. And but I think part of that is A it was a deck that people kinda knew could be a problem coming out of it, so it probably had a little bit more of a target than normal on its head. And B, it's Glass Cannony, so it really was Maybe going to find a place where it's too powerful, but like gradual brands have been around forever. Like that deck has, is not new. And it just, the question is, is this deck too good version of it? Which it might be. It might be a situation like, um, amulet Titan was before the ban where it's just like just too fast and glass cannony. Cause that deck was not good in the sense of consistency it was just it could win on turn two too often
2: and again, yeah, good players could really pilot it. i mean i think it's a strong point you make you know we had talked about Grishelbrand brand as one of those decks that was on the fringes for a long time and it does in a lot of ways feel like it is just the same thing i mean in all reality you know it's it costs blue green to neoform so if you metamorphose into your neoform on turn one with a simian spirit guide sure you can go crazy mm-hmm. but by the same standard, you can do very, very similar things with the Grishel brand deck. It's a turn two win, also very consistently. A Faithless Looting on turn one, followed just by like putting your Gristle brand into play with the Goryeo's Vengeance, and you win. Mm-hmm. So it they, they feel similar. I'll be interested to see. They're both very disruptible an opening hand where you get Thought Seized and you lose your Gurio's Vengeance, you probably just lose the game then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, that happens, and, and you don't really want to walk into tournaments where that's the case, when with the card you're going to lose to is one of the most ubiquitous cards in the whole format, not to mention the fact, now, of course, that... Uh, that Force of uh, Negation. Force of Negation, yeah. So.
0: And, and, yeah, so I think they've added, uh, added more tools like Force of Negation to fight it. They've given tools to mid-range decks to be better, like Ren and Six, so that there are more Thought Seizes in the format. And... You know, so so that's that's Neoform, which I do think does have a like if I were to make a ban watch list, I think that they are on the list. The next cards are the the Teferi and Narset control cards. And those are weird. There was a good, like, a good quote on the internet recently of just like the sad thing about those two cards and the static planeswalkers is that Most of the pull that multiple of them are super powerful in an unfun way, but not powerful enough to get ever to ever be banned. And so like, in essence, add a net negative to the format. Theoretically, I'm not saying I necessarily agree that they add a net negative, but add a net negative to the format with, but not in a way that's going to be so powerful that they get banned out of it. And, and so th- that, that's kind of the other option, I think, is looking at those two cards. I don't think they're going away. I think if you're banning a card there, you ban Puzzle Box because it's like a, it's another kind of Yu Gi Oh card to me where it's like, it <laughs> just like does something weird.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, when you look at, when you look at, we've talked about this forever, right? The impact of a one drop or a two drop in modern is that, If it's good enough, it'll always get played. The impact of a three-drop is different, right? A three-drop has to come down. It has to affect the board in a meaningful way, in a way where it means you're advancing the game state that you'll probably win on the next turn, or it means that you're interacting with your opponent in a way where you're like blood mooning them or something Mm -hmm. like that. And these static planeswalkers have the ability to immediately do that, but then also generate advantage for you if you get to untap with them and just keep doing it. Or and generate
0: advantage immediately. said impulses and Barry
2: bounces and draws you a card. And so the opportunity cost to play those cards is very very low because they cost three. They are blue in a world with force of negation, and they both draw you a card the turn you play them. Mm-hmm. So like it's I think I think they're pushed in a way that's interesting. I don't necessarily know that the static planeswalker thing is great. I don't actually know if it's a great thing for magic.
0: I think it's a g- cool mechanic. I think it's great when it affects your stuff. It's the problem is is when it's used as a hate card or affects your opponent from doing things is a problematic because people mess up. I mean, we've talked about this I think before in the cast, but like the amount of people that have just like lost because uh, Narset is in play and they like draw not lose but like they try and draw an ice card or lose because uh is in play and they like went for a discard effect or a sacrifice effect to try and save themselves and they're like nope sorry
2: I talked to Jerry T in Seattle and he was like I was like yeah I say voicing this exact same point and I was like and I think there's the, there's the gameplay aspect of it he's like matter of fact I, cost, I, I cast a brainstorm right into an arse earlier today you <laughs> know like I, I, I think that's a that's a strong point so like so. but like you know uh,
0: what's the punk rock, punk grick, rock. Gro- gruel guy Domri. Domri's plus, is so just plus one, plus zero at all your creatures. I think that's fine. Like, that's not better than any ward that's ever right. existed. Right. Like, there's yeah. a bunch of net positives on your side that I think are good. There's
1: been a lot of talk of referring to them as the curse planeswalkers, the ones that put a negative effect on your opponent being significantly worse for magic in general than the, yeah. the bonus planeswalkers. Planeswalkers. Right.
2: So let's talk a little bit about some of the other boogeymen of the format decks. Um, over here, SCGIQ, Lexington, Lexington, oh. Lexington, Kentucky was won by Is It Phoenix. Second place in that tournament went to Red Phoenix. Looking at the rest of this here, um, I don't see a tremendous amount of Phoenix decks in the top four. Red Phoenix over here in Katie. You've got uh, uh, that, that was the ones I was pointed out to, to begin with. Sure. Uh, Is It Phoenix in fifth place over here at the Modern Classic. But so
0: it, it has a ton of top eight appearances very powerful
2: right and there's the red prowess deck now as well which has similar feelings um it's not all that different um but i i think phoenix to me phoenix to me still feels like one of the most consistent things you can be doing in modern it's not a very hard thing to do phoenix is a i think a great deck for
0: modern i think phoenix is just the next um death shadow like i think there's always just going to be kind of like an aggressive a mid-range deck and that deck is always going to be really good and it's going to have a different flavor every year and there's going to be a new thing that makes it just slightly better and just like the format's going to get more powerful around that deck and then they'll print a new thing where death shadows was that and then phoenix became the next version of that humans kind of took that in a moment and is still around is that version i think that's good for the format I like and then everyone's like oh how do we deal with this this is the largest piece of the format this is too good ban faith is looting but like just, just you'll eventually the format will adjust around it.
2: Adapt, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I think what one of the coolest things about that point is that you know, what what Phoenix is doing, like okay, let's just say perfect world, you you turn one, you faithless looting, uh, and you dump. Th- you know two phoenixes into the graveyard and then on turn two, you like faithless looting again and you dump another phoenix with like a mana morphos and another spell and you attack for like a ton of damage on turn two. 12 at most and now you're set up you know like that's a really powerful unfair thing you're doing you're doing something that is not like you aren't playing a fair deck at that point if you get that draw however. That's the extent of the most powerful thing that deck is doing. It's not gonna win the game on turn three by comboing out and going infinite. It it can play free counterspells and Force of Negation if it wants to, but it still relies on playing a lot of red cards in the mm-hmm. deck. So um, it doesn't feel like it's pushing past like it doesn't get into that into that like the space where like a Narset and a puzzle box is like, oh this was fun. Game yeah. game over. Like it's just it's it's a it's different. And I think I think a good fair deck, a pushed fair deck, is a good thing. And when you see the power level of modern rising, and it has been rising for a long time, it reminds you of why having really good fair decks is so important. You mentioned humans just a second ago, mm-hmm. which would be the next probably deck we'll talk about because it's you know got some wins. Some some I think humans is great. I think Phoenix is great. I have no mm-hmm. problems with those decks. I mean, look at the decks we've talked about so far, right? Like Phoenix's best
0: hand, which is nuts, is you attack for twelve damage on turn two, right? Yep. And then yep. and then you win on turn three. Neoform just outright wins on turn two. Yep. Uh, Karn decks, if you get to turn five, lock their opponent out of the game, period, without any way to really interact with it. Uh, Urza decks go infinite on turn four. Turn four. Turn four like, with Karn.
2: You play a second tower on turn four, you lattice uh, yeah, off yeah, yeah, your yeah, Karn. Turn four
0: in Tron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, turn four in Tron. Uh, turn four in Urza decks go infinite. Uh, Infect is, I think, a turn three deck. Like... Uh, all the blue-white control decks stop these guys from doing what they're doing pretty easily early on. And then also just lock the game out on turn four with puzzle, puzzle Block Narset. So, like, this is a turn four format as a cap. <laughs> I know.
2: I mean, that's, that's probably the biggest takeaway here, right? So, you and I have been doing this show for going on five years pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And when we started the format, it was Jun versus Splinter Twin. And they were turn four decks in the sense that Jund, if they curved out with Thoughtseize into Dark Confidant into Liliana into Bloodbraid Elf, was probably going to beat you on turn four, or at least stop you from mm-hmm. like winning the game if they had resolved all those things. You know, Twin end of turn, they play their Pestermite, they untap, they win. Like that was kind of how the format worked, and but, it was and
0: Birthing Pod was the third piece of that. Yeah, which that was the rock paper scissors, right? Like Jund beat beat um, Twin, Twin beat Pod, Pod beat Jund.
2: And it was because the power level and consistency of the cards in the fair deck were high enough that if you just like curved out like that, you were great. Mm -hmm. And the power level of twin was that it was a janky four-mana sorcery speed enchantment you had to cast on a creature to win the game. Neither one of those things feels oppressively powerful, but they both feel reasonable. It's not the same thing as as winning on turn two with a Neoform. I've watched somebody play that on stream for three hours once. Just like, okay, if I watch him play 20 games, like what will this look like? And it was awful. (laughs) It was terrible. It was just the same sequence of events over and over and over again in the first few turns of the games. And the games he would lose would just be like, okay, he got disrupted. It's just like he got disrupted and he lost. And the games he would win were all the other games. So I do want to bring up next, uh, because on this conversation, and
0: and it's from that era as well as Bant Infect. Because I think that that's another big hot and it won the uh, IQ and... Eau Claire Eau Claire which I'm never gonna say correctly uh luckily that's not a card it's just a place sorry people I like
2: to eat Eau Claire's because like it's well, like, sounds, it's like, like
0: an Eau Claire. sounds like an eclair. sounds like an I get it <laughs> uh so band in fact um so the, the cool additions of it it has Teferi ferry is a big one and then there's one other new white card right giver of ruins, giver of ruins. so it has the protection yeah, from really just like a better version of spellskite in a lot of ways because it's a better attacker on its own and can protect the cards you need to protect and if they waste a removal spell on your Giver of Ruins, great. I, that's one less removal spell for my important creatures that have Infect. And then it has Teferi in there, which if you play Teferi and you have an Infect creature that can attack, you win in that deck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: although this this version, that one, was
0: going without Teferi. No Teferi's? Okay. Um, but yeah, just even Giver of Ruins is enough of a piece of that, and, and Teferi is an option at times. So I think this deck, it's great that Infect is back. That's another one that they definitely wanted to push. Coming out of Modern Horizons, the Four like, Veil
1: of Summer in sideboard of summer the sideboard, board? okay,
0: right. fine. And scale through. up.
2: I'm assuming they're the the yeah. They got
0: three scale ups. It's in really there. powerful. Yeah, yeah, I think I think as you were saying with like with um the Unbanning of ment um, not mentor of the meek uh, sort of the meek and just like and then this set they printed multiple cards that could get sort of the meek up there in power level. They banned a bunch of cards that hurt infect a lot, kind of against infects. Not because they were trying to hurt Infect. They got rid of Gedaxian Probe and printed Fatal Push within three weeks of each other. And basically, Infect has been a thing, but not really since then. It's cool. Like and and they knew that Modern Horizons and they printed cards specifically there to try and give Infect a position back at the table.
2: I um I, I really like the Infect deck. I was as I mentioned, I was, you know, messing around on my phone with this double strike thing because, you know, I have played this green white thing in, in Highlander. And, and so I was like, oh, in modern, is there some sort of double striking thing you could be doing that's comparable? Like, does that exist? You know, because Fencing Ace is coming back in M20 and mm-hmm. um, you have that. I wish I could remember the name of this Boros creature. It's... It, it's the most pushed uh, version of what it is. It's like
1: Boros Vindicator. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: something like that. Exactly, and it's like it's like one one double strike trample vigilance for red white. So like it's totally set up to be that card. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the weren't here last week. What, Continue. What was the conversation?
0: Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but uh, it's the the artifact, the new 10, 10 plus ten plus ten for eight equip one mana to put into play. Oh right. We were talking about that with double strikers, where you can like uh sigarda's so grace or put oh, use the just core or equipment person to put it on any of those big red double strikers. double strikers just to like do 20 damage with
2: it. Well, so I, when I was working around with that I was like how can you how can you consistently get cuz like really you need the creature to have trample or, mm-hmm. or evasion in some way. Like a fencing ace is not going to get the job done in modern just won't do it. Like I, you, I I think you could maybe, but I was like you don't have you have Dreadheart Arcanist, which is really good, and you have The Vindicator, which is a really good version of that, but you don't have another one. So I was like, okay, so how can you do this? And I, I started like looking around and I was like, the old commune, commune to nature, you know, one green, dig five for a creature. And you can now play mm-hmm. the blue-green version from uh, whatever the most recent band set is. It's the, Com- uh, the incubation, incubation the card I like so much, because you can play it for green. Mm-hmm. If you have like one blue source, then now you have a removal spell on the back side. And then I was like, oh, yeah, but you can play uh, the Blood Rush creatures. You can play Slaughterhorn. So you're basically getting a giant growth that you can dig for on turn one and then Giver of Runes in the deck. Because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, Giver of Runes makes the idea of doing something like this really cool because all your pump spells are green. So you're never going to have to worry about giving protection from green and, and like nuking are you ar-
0: your... Are you playing the Arcanist? Yes. So how does Arcanist get along with Blood Rush creatures?
2: That's obviously the one piece of it that doesn't match, okay. but that's only one piece, right? But, like, so what we were talking about, like, laughing about Become Immense with Dreadhard Arcanist, like, that's not the dumbest thing in the world. Like, you are attacking for 13 on turn three. That's, I, think, I think
0: that's that's a thing that will get done by someone. I mean, I, who knows if it's going to be FNM level to, to, yeah, to, right, to turn right, right. level. But, I mean, Become Immense targeting Dreadheart Arcanist, then allowing Dreadhard Arcanist to target the Become Immense Yep. because it's big enough to target it to then do it again to itself is a thing because it's a, that's, that's it's a, a really plus good thing. 12 plus 12 for one mana
2: it's also the kind of thing <laughs> where you can put it on your dreaded arcanist and then you can flash it back and put it on the other double striking creature mm-hmm. that you have on the battlefield um, I had forgotten to put scale up in the list which seems absurd because like that's so good was, yeah, <laughs> with really the good. double striker um, but anyway my point of all this this rant was it's a fun list and, and I tested it a bunch and it wasn't probably good enough but the uh, the core the, the, the giver of runes was the key thing that I was like, okay, now you have a one drop that's going to allow this deck to work. Mm-hmm. Because when you play your double striker on turn two, now you can protect it.
0: Well, and fun fact, you know what cards all technically have the words double strike on them? In fact, cards.
2: <laughs> right, right, right. Which obviously, obviously. Um, and you, and you, yeah. have, you have one, one, one creature in that deck and you have the land that are the well, reasons. You have the, you have the
0: blue and the unblockable. But it costs two is my point. So, oh, sure, so well,
2: all your creatures in the deck I'm talking about cost two, which is like why it's a step behind.
0: Um, yeah, 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 Well, they all cost two and they also, like, a lot of them don't have evasion or the, the ones that have evasion get worse versus the two drop has pure evasion and then it's a one drop that's a double striking one drop and then you have a flying land. Yeah, um, 100%. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for but sure. But I, I, I'm not saying what you're talking about It doesn't have legs. I'm just saying that the reason, infect is getting there first at least. yeah, yeah, yeah um because of that um i agree
2: so talking about the rest of the stuff that's on here um i would say humans is the next major piece um you know it got second and third place at the classic it got third place at eau claire it won philly it got third i already said eau claire so yeah i think those are those are the major finishes in the top
0: fours anything anything dope or new out of the humans list uh most are
1: playing two or so unsettled mariner
0: which makes sense was the blue white
2: it
1: uh it's the, new uh, new Shifter. It's the new <laughs> that uh, that <laughs> uh, I pretty sure it's a new that force spikes any spell that targets you or a permanent you control.
2: Card's really powerful. I've drafted it in horizons like three different times now. Okay. Um, and it's just generally good. <laughs> it's just like really 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 good. There's a lot of things without it having to be the creature
0: type that you needed at any moment and then it's also the creature type of that you need. Exactly, um, wow. and
1: also just about every collected company lists like like uh, and humans is sometimes a collected company deck and sometimes not, but the, uh, like collector Oof is seeing a ton of play right. in sideboards, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. makes mm-hmm. sense because having a stony silence that can attack is great.
2: I mean, Collector Oof is probably a card that if I was ever going to go back to Superior Burning Cocoa it would be an absolute just slam dunk. Sure. It's, it's yeah. one of the, obviously it makes my Aether Vial worse, but I would still bring in three or four Stunny Silences out of the sideboard just because mm-hmm. it was good enough to nuke the artifact decks. And the fact that you could main deck a copy of Collector Oof now is pretty, pretty outstanding. Yeah,
0: I'd be interested to see what those deck looks like now with Eldorami's Call and the Vizier, the Vizier combo being well, available to you. Like, I think you would just, you would move towards that list, but you also now also have the new, what's the green, green, X... Um, reanimate finale of Devastation Yeah, finale like you could do a pretty cool finale of Devastation I mean that's what the, like to be totally honest. That's the list. I'm surprised isn't being more seen on The this last weekend was the finale of Devastation um, Devastating Druid from, yeah, yeah. Devastating Druid lists and because those are doing pretty good against the Hogak decks like that was a
2: pillar of the format then And it looks like they've kind of disappeared I mean one of the things that's crazy to me is like if you talk about the deck that I was playing back then and what I would play now Think about the number of good two drops that they've printed that have utility since Mm -hmm. then. Back when I was playing, we didn't have selfless spirit. We didn't have a remorseful cleric. We didn't have Collector Oof. I now have a Stony Silence. I have a Nuke Your Graveyard, and I have a Make My Team Indestructible, all that are two CMC creatures with two power.
0: I thought Selva Spirit was printed like middle of the the last time you
2: were on a deep May. Okay, It's, 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 it's I possible. Think that's like when it came out. It's possible, but I definitely know I agree. Remorseful Cleric is one of the best pieces printed for it in a long time because mm-hmm. just like, having a nuke for your graveyard in my main deck that I can get with Fauna Shaman is pretty strong. My graveyard? Yeah. Why would you nuke my graveyard? <laughs> so you play Dredge. Innocent. Um, So, talking about the last couple decks on here, I think there's a few interesting ones to mention. Uh, You know, Dredge ends up here in second place uh, at Columbus. That's, yep, we'll get that one in a second. Dredge ends up, you know, and and I think you see Dredge and you see Bridgeless Hogak, which I think are, they're obviously different decks, but they're doing. Not the same thing. They're doing graveyard-y things with like... Yeah, so it's was like
0: Junt. I mean, like, Dredge is, is doing classically what Dredge does. Right. Filling its graveyard, using its graveyard as a resource. The Hogak deck is more of... I mean, I don't know what the exact list looks like, but I believe it's more of just like a like a, it's, a Venge,
1: it's mostly a Vengevine deck. Yeah. I mean,
0: it looks a lot so. like... It looks a lot like what it was
1: before they banned Bridge. It's just now that they don't have Bridge, they're just leaning more into the... Okay, well, we still have Hogak and Vengevine, so it's we just life. have... Very aggressive, very resilient. So now it's more like an aggressive, resilient, fast.
2: Well, one of the yeah, one of the one, deck. on one of the streams I did on our our YouTube channel, which I've done a couple of now. Um, we had a, a we had a supporter come on and pledge money to the super chat to talk about his list. And it was basically that. It was mm-hmm. exactly it was Bridges deck. And he was he's playing without bridge, um, and talking about that. It's just a very aggressive, just a very good deck. Yeah, you
0: still get your turn three wins, like just you, attack with a lot
2: of power, you and a, you can like it has the phoenix thing, right? With the phoenix
0: thing we just described, you get twelve power in the air. This can get sixteen power on the ground. So
2: the, the reason I, I loop in dredge in the same conversation is that they dredge is doing something unfair it's doing something unfair in a way that i think the hogak deck isn't but they're still in the same family of they they are turboing their graveyards early on in the game to put a aggressive presence to attack with like and while dredge will win with creeping shill it still is usually attacking to win
0: sure
1: some highlights of this bridgeless hogak list is they're playing four hollow one so it's folding hollow one into yeah into hogak Um, but it's playing the same creature suite of like Insolent, Nanate stitcher supplier, grave crawler carrying feeder, um, but sliding in street wraith um, and then it's running burning inquiry in addition to uh, faithless Looting. So it's basically taken the hollow one deck and shuffled it into the Hogak deck and then taken the bridge and alters
0: out. You like you you get the four cyclers, yeah for 12 cards, you lost four cards anyways with the bridge going away. You're not. Is it playing altar still or no? No. So you, yeah, you lose eight cards and you gain, and yeah, you just have to figure out spots for your wraiths and it works. It, that makes sense.
2: The gentleman who, who who shared the list, if you're listening to this or watching this,
1: on John YouTube, Martin. John Martin. He was the second place finisher in the. SCG IQ. No, 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 no. Oh,
2: the, the guy, who, the guy who shared the list on the stream I was talking about. Oh, gotcha. it's, it's very, it's exactly what you're talking about. He was playing hollow one. I questioned the decision to play the two things t- together. And he said it had won a lot. It was getting, getting him top finishes in a bunch of tournaments. So if you're listening to this or you're watching this, uh, my intention was actually to go over the list with Alex on air and I didn't have it in front of me. So uh, leave it in the comments. Let, let us know that it was you who, cause you're totally onto something now with the post banning. It's really cool to hear that your deck is actually the deck that's showing up here. Um, yeah, and although, also, what if, if you're, it's the same person, it could be. If you're watching this, listening, like, subscribe, comment, by the way, we didn't say that earlier. The YouTube channel growing is like one of the big uh,
0: Key ones, there's a bell, but also just like. Like, likes are, I think, a little bit more important than they used to be as far as the algorithms go. So if you're like, I don't know if I'm going to like this, like it. We'll give you a like right now. Thumb, we like you. Thumbs up. We like you. <laughs> so
2: I would say that the very last deck to talk about, because it won um, SCG IQ, uh, was Azorius Control, got second place at Williamsport. Looks like those are the two big finishes for it. Um,
0: there's you, some cool. There's like an elves finish in top eight, and one of them, John, we talked about a little bit already, and all the tools that guy got, got multiple top eights.
2: And we have a vile goblins and a zombies list here. We want to go over in just a second. That were just kind of cool finishes that Marshall pulled, which I think are just dope looking lists. <laughs> um, but the Azorius control deck. Uh, can you tell us, Marshall? Um, are they puzzle box decks? Are they? There
1: are no puzzle box decks. They are running. They're running a uh, big and little Teferi. Some are running Jace, and they're all running about three Narsets because it turns out. Right. I mean, Narset is base value, even without shenanigans. She is a draw two card, impulse twice. She's impulse twice, and your opponent's card draw spells are turned off. Which it turns off
2: Looting. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it turns off phase Looting. It turns off their opts and their Serum Visions. Is an you playing dealing Click? Yes, some of them are playing. So, Vendillion. yeah, that's
0: the other type Narset play is if you click someone with Narset in play, it's <laughs> after they've drawn their card but still in their draw step. Real good. <laughs>
2: Bar Oh that's so good. <laughs>
0: Instant speed Thoughtseize that has a 3-1 attached and you don't lose any life. Instead of the life loss, you get a flying 3-1. <laughs> it's very uh, barf uh, So yeah, deck sweep. Yeah, <laughs> I'm super excited. That's going to be what we talk about.
2: Actually I actually think in, when you talk about a lot of the decks here in Modern, I think one of the one of the decks I'm the least happy about is what happened to Blue Eye Control. I actually don't... Ooh. I don't think that Teferi and Narset existing in Blue Eye Control makes those decks better for the format. I think it makes it worse, actually. I think it's... Uh, kind of unfun. I think it's kind of unfun to play against.
1: I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not it's a fan. Shame. I'm I mean, not a fan of playing we're against them. we talking the about
0: that, but they're probably the two best decks to fight against some of the shenanigans you we were yeah, just talking you're about. You're not stuff. wrong. You're not wrong. Like, um, a fair control deck. A control deck that is like powerful in doing things that are stopping stuff like Neoform and Karn locking people out. Like I think Karn's way worse. Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, so Karn, Karn's, Karn's my most hated card in Magic right now.
1: Like, I, that guy can so get the band hammer and walk home. He starts with five loyalty. Yeah.
0: He can do <laughs> his minus two twice and still be alive. It, it, it makes the deck that I think people are the most miserable to play against, being Tron... Th- Double miserable.
2: Um, all right, so the last couple decks here to, to talk about are these: the Zombies list and the Goblins list. Um, the Zombies list finished fifth place at the IQ in Philly. Um, it's pretty cool. It's funny, when we looked at this list, I was like, where is uh, Relentless Dead? And you guys were like, that card isn't good. Haven't you been reading the memos? <laughs> Magic's evolved. <laughs> is it like in there and we didn't notice? No, 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 no. Okay. I just think like, it's funny because I wanted, I had wanted Relentless <laughs> Dead to be good since they printed it. Um, I just I have always liked the design of that card. I always thought it was really cool, but like... It was never powerful enough to push zombies into playable and like what's going on here is <laughs> well <laughs> I mean like
0: in the last year they've got a bunch of pieces between the Cat gave them a bunch of tools for zombies plus now you got undead auger and um...
2: wayward servant that's from, I think that's from Mama that's, Cat, right? Yeah, yeah that's,
0: yeah, that's really the really one okay. from What? Where's uh, a, La- because Lazatep, the Lazatep oh,
1: Reavers War of the Spark. War of the Spark. Yeah. And that one's really only in there just because it makes two zombies for two mana. Yeah. Which is, I mean. Which is good enough. Elves plays, uh, what's the two, a two-two elf and get a one-one elf one if you have an elf. Dwinen's like, Elite. Dwine yeah, yeah, it's elite. basically the zombie Dwinen's yeah. Elite. And Goblin's. Um, well,
0: let's see what's And it's Goblin
1: really and good one. because the deck plays like four Crypt Breaker, which is like one of your ideal turn one plays. So if you go Crypt Breaker into Lazatep Reaver, you can activate Crypt Reaver's Crypt Breakers draw a card right then and there. Oh, right. Yeah. Because it's like tap three, untap zombies to draw a card.
2: It's got the uh, the Heritage Druid effect where it doesn't have a tap symbol. Mm -hmm. So you can just do it the same turn. That's really cool. That's really cool. I've always liked Crypt Breaker. I've always been kind of fascinated with that card, but I had never found a way to to do it properly. (laughs) And
1: I do think it's cute. The deck plays four Dark Salvation, which, if you don't remember, it's from Eldritch. No, no, no. It's from Eldritch Moon. It costs XX Black. And it's target player creates X two two zombie tokens. Mm-hmm. Then target creature gets minus one, minus one for each zombie you control. Oh, so you can just pay for one black to do damage. Yeah, well, for one team black, you can just team. like neg something for as many zombies as you yeah, have. And then for each additional two mana you pump into it, you get a zombie.
2: I always thought of the base value of that card being something you'd cast for five. But that's uh, that's why I remembered it costing five in my mind. But yeah, you're absolutely right. That's, well, that's really cool. And three like, for
0: a two, two that does and then you do one damage to something isn't that good. But. One mana to do however many zombies drain versus, and then late game it has the death rate trauma effect. Good in the early game, great in the late game. In
1: a way, it's also a little bit like a munitions expert in that if you've gone like turn one, a zombie, turn two, a zombie, turn three, dark salvation, you get to neg three, neg three something, you know, assuming you pay it for its full three mana. Yeah. But you don't even have to pay it for its full three mana if you drop like a two drop zombie
2: and play it for one, you know, because yeah. Yeah, it's also cool here to see, you know, obviously. Um the Carrion Feeder grave crawler engine that we've seen in the Bridgevine decks mm-hmm. showing up in a proper zombies list, as well as playing Tide Hollow Scholar, where you have that ability with a carrion feeder on turn one to then play your Scholar on turn two and sacrifice it with the trigger on the stack to be able to permanently exile the card, which is like a classic trick and just a very cool thing you can do.
0: Well and and it's doing the humans thing, right? But with four thoughts and four tidal scholar, you don't even need to do that level of things. You have eight hand disruption spells that eventually you just rip your opponent's ability to do anything out of the game as you're beating them down with tutus two And then, yeah, I think like, and if they then try to respond, you have different answers to be able to fight it. It's really good. Um
2: Diagraph Colossus is like a three drop. Is that right? It's
0: a, it's black, black, black. Oh, no, it's yeah, the no, big... It's, it's it's the, oh, it's
2: black, too, for a 2-2, two, two, enters the battlefield with a plus-one, plus-one counter on it for each zombie card in your graveyard. Whenever you cast a zombie spell, put a 2-2 two, two black zombie onto the battlefield tapped. That card's dope.
0: And it, and it goes crazy with Gravecaller and, and uh, collar. Yeah,
2: Yeah, and Carrion and Feeder.
0: It just gives you a lot of value on a pretty big body depending
1: like it scales you know like we were talking about uh, it's one of those cards that just scales better as the game gets
0: on because you your z- graveyard starts having more yeah. and more zombies so it starts being a bigger and bigger three drop well and, and with wayward servant is one that drains one gains one life whenever a zombie or a creature enters play so like this drain effect with carrion feeder and grave caller lets you just kind of go off like eventually, you just have enough of a board position where you're dra- you're fireballing your opponent every turn
2: and gaining that much life. I love the two worship in the sideboard, <laughs> so dirty in a zombie deck, so hard <laughs> and stony silence too. Yeah. It gets yeah. to play some fun. So now Stephen Francis over here piloted uh, red black vile goblins to a third place finish at SCG Lexington in Lexington. Um, so you know you got four vile. It's a standard creature deck, and the old the old legacy. Uh, Goblins decks would play would play Vile. So this is probably functioning a lot closer to those.
0: I'm so excited that Warren Instigator is in this deck. This is like a real war this is this is the Goblins deck yeah. that like yeah. Goblins yeah. is supposed to be. Not like a weird fecundity deck. It's like playing four Warren Instigator and four Aether Vial. It's only playing it's only playing four, four
1: of cards, and those are Ether Vile, Goblin Ringleader, Goblin Matron, and Warren Warren Instigator. Instigator. I mean,
2: how many, like, Warren Instigator's gotta be on the top of most people's lists of, like, underrated mythics we've wanted to see work forever. I wanted Warren, I had my first,
0: the first deck I ever won a standard game with. (laughs) Not to mention, like tournament or whatever, had four Goblin Guide, four Instigator, four Siege Gang Commander, four Tunnel the Tunnel Goblin that you can tap to let a two-two be unblockable. Tunneler
2: two one two, two Eldrazi,
0: and then four of the the like at the beginning of combat give a creature you control plus two plus zero four drop two two Goblin Battle Rattle Battle Rattler, <laughs> and I just like I beat someone once. I was like, this is the first game I've ever won, <laughs> like an
2: FNM. So dope, so dope. I, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Instigator like. So- Excited. <laughs> I, I think instigator is has got to be like I, I feel like that I can't think of many mythics because like the cheaper a mythic is right like if it's a creature that's mythic rare and it costs two or less you've always looked at all of them probably and been like there has to be some way this is good right this must be good there's the I what am I missing that I can't make this stupid card good the big thing about this is uh, after
1: after black Red Goblin started uh, really making a scene in modern Uh, man. Auntie's Hovel, the MTG finance crowd got into
0: it. And Auntie's Hovels are like twenty dollars now. Oh, wow. I mean, so it's playing Siege Gang Lieutenant. That's the new one, right? The four drop one, the black one. Uh, it's playing. Palace Moors, right? What's What's Goblin Trashmaster? That's the so many-
1: four drop three three. All your goblins get plus one plus one, and it's sack a goblin, destroy an artifact. Got it. Cool. And then so it's a good silver bullet against Chain all these weird artifacts. Earwig Squad. Earwig Squad costs three black black for a five three. It has Prowl, prowl for, four. for a two and black. No, for three total. Um, it has Prowl for three. And uh, when Earwig Squad prowl is, you may cast this card for its prowl cost if you have dealt damage this turn to a player with a goblin or rogue. Got it. So. (laughs) Rogue son. So basically, he's a 5-3. He's a 5-3 for three, assuming you've dealt damage to your opponent this turn. Got it. And uh, when Earwig Squad enters the battlefield, if its prowl cost was paid, search target opponent's library for three cards and exile them. Okay, cool. All right.
2: So, So. I was gonna say what it really seems like is modern has M- modern has uh, reacted nicely. So we're in a place right now where it doesn't feel like there's a public enemy number one, totally unfair deck. You look at these top fours of most of these, and it's not like just tons of like incredibly broken decks. It's a lot of fun, pretty pretty fair yeah. stuff. Uh, there are a few problem cards. There will always be a few problem cards, yeah. no matter what. Um, right now, for me, it's the planeswalkers I think that are on my radar as the toughest ones. But I feel pretty optimistic about modern going forward.
0: Yeah, I could see us losing Allosaurus Rider. That's like the one I still think is like it. It and, and it's for the same reason that we lost Amulet Blue or uh, uh, Summer Bloom. Like it just is a deck that Sam Black or who was his teammate that also top aided that Pro Tour. Uh,
2: David something. Right. Sam Black. Yeah,
0: and... a, a pro player is going to take the deck, and that is good enough to like take it to the next level, and then just. There'll be consistency and then like a cheater will do well with and I'm literally just describing what happened with the emulate Titan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh and like that led to a car. There's like precedence for a deck that's like too consistently winning that early. And then obviously the, the all three of the planeswalkers we discussed, I think, all have different problems. Um, but I think for the most part I think the blue white ones are healthy. And I think Tron, and the issue with Karn is that it's just he's colorless. I think if he was any color, it wouldn't be nearly as much of an issue because, like, I don't think he's more powerful than Karn, than Urza. It's just Urza requires you to be playing very specific colors.
2: Yeah, I agree. The last thing here before we sign off. Uh, Marshall put a list together of cards from War of the Spark, Modern Horizons, and 2020 that are having an impact already, and we won't read the full list here, but just in case there's anything in here that we missed, we didn't talk much about the Horizon Lands, they're showing up in a lot of lists, they're unbelievable, obviously, they're in everything, yeah, their Prismatic Vista is obviously, if you're playing a list without a Horizon Land in it, you're probably
1: playing it wrong. The, yeah, the, you're, you're probably behind.
0: played car, land, probably in the format.
1: And every single one of them is seeing play. What like deck is playing Hex
2: Drinker? I haven't seen Hex drinker. There's
1: like some yet. Jund lists that are playing yeah, Drinker. Yeah, and there's a few cool. uh, mono green Stompy decks that are running
0: Hex. That makes Hexdrinker. sense. Both both. Jen is now basically adopted Ren and Six, Hex Drinker, and uh, I'm going to call him Sexy Pyromancer, but he has a real name. Season Pyromancer. Pyromancer.
2: Do you know <laughs> Season Pyromancers are $25 that's at the moment? not expensive. Season
1: Pyr- yeah, Pyromancer, 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 I'm going to say, is probably the best three-drop red has ever had.
2: Yeah, I think uh, those that's, are that's the main ones. We talked about almost every other card on here, really. The only other stuff that we didn't really mention... Ashiok is just not a card that we talk about. The 3 sharp Planeswalker. It seems like Ashiok was going to be insane and like didn't come up a single time in this whole podcast. It's, it's, kinda...
0: a, it's a strong sideboard player. She's a really strong sideboard card that blue bla- and or black decks will play forever. Yeah. But, but she's not like going to...
2: Icefang, you know, Kodal, Plague Engineer, a couple other cards, but I think we
0: covered most stuff. Oh, Icefang, Kodal is showing up everywhere. Like and, and and it's not necessarily in these top eights. Like, that's just a card that if you're looking at lists that are doing stuff... Like, there's a bunch of 5-0 tournament leagues on Moto where it's, like, winning them. so Ice Code old ninja lists and stuff? No, they're not ninja lists. It was, like, really Jund. It was, I saw Arcanist lists. I saw... What was the one that you shared? Or Michael May shared it? I don't know. But I've seen them not in that. Like, I've seen them just in, like, weird, random places. Well, because I think people... are Like, something that doesn't
1: necessarily seem... Like, right at first, like, you don't have to... Have the snow turned on for Ice van Quad? It'll feel like a good card, right? Oh yeah, like really a fly fly uh, a one one flying flash that draws you a card for two mana is already sweet,
0: right? And and you really don't need the you don't need the death touch that often that early anyways. You need the death touch on like turn five. You don't need it maybe turn four, one through three. A it can probably block a bunch of stuff as a one one and kill it anyways. It has the lingering souls issue that in fact, like in fact, hated lingering souls back in the day because if I attack to it, I have to play or remove. I have to pump my guy to be able to survive getting blocked by a one one, which means that your card cost me a card. Um, yeah, no, I think it's good. Excited. I think that's it for the episode. Yeah, right? the, I think that's gonna be yeah, a yeah, nice the main thing. Episode. I wanted to
1: make that big list of modern horizon cards was just a uh, laugh in the faces of all those commander horizons jokesters out there. Uh, Probably card for card, Modern Horizons is the most impactful set on Modern ever printed. So
2: it's I mean, I we, we were hopeful. War we, of the Spark is the closest. I can think of. And, 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 and
1: War of the Spark added, you know, maybe eight or nine, ten cards that showed up, which is a significant number. But right there is a list of at least 20, 25 cards from... Uh, well, but Modern
2: I removed
0: the Lance's one. I think that's cheating. That's
2: still like 20 cards. But
0: still 20 cards. Yeah, yeah, I
2: think it's impressive. So guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Be sure to follow along on uh, social media. You can follow me at Ben Bateman Media. I'm at
0: Kess Wiley. We are at the Cast. Marshall is... At Marsh Unfocused. And make sure to subscribe. Make sure to like. If you're on iTunes, make sure to review. If you're on our Patreon, thank you so much. And please comment with uh, if what you your favorite uh, War of the Spark card is. Yeah. I'm I mean, back, uh, Modern Horizon's...
2: We'll be be back next week with another episode on time together. Two weeks in a row. Woo. Bye, guys. Thank you for your attention. See you later, alligator.
1: This has been a production of Time Traveler Media, sending podcasts into the future.